Eisenhower, right from the very beginning, the eve of the war, the romp to the war, what we said from the very beginning, you heard Boris Johnson smearing and defaming Tucker Carlson. These demons and devils have been in back of this. And, and Steve Daines is one of the first to virtue signal to the left because what Steve Daines is is a detergent salesman who was in business with the CCP for most of his career. That's what he is. He's a detergent salesman. I think he sells Tide, a detergent salesman uh, in business with the CCP. That's Steve Daines. And Steve Daines is a globalist. Steve Daines does not represent the values of the patriots of Montana. Steve Daines, you can't be so wrong on the war at the beginning and then say, oh, I've had a revelation. Tell me what's changed. You knew what was going to happen to Ukraine. You knew what was going to happen to these people. All the lies and misrepresentations that you said every day and Stavridis said every day and Morning Joe said every day and David Ignatius said every day led to the destruction of the country and 500,000 dead, most of them women and children. And this is why, not Steve Bannon saying this, this is why they can't get any more young men to fight at the front. And this is what the general, the revered general, just got cashiered for and Victoria Nuland and Biden regime went along with it. And he said, we're at a stalemate. We can't keep throwing kids into the charnel house. We're not going to have our country. And it's immoral. The blood is on Dane's hands and it's on McConnell's hands and it's on Biden's hands and Blinken and, and uh, General Austin and David Ignatius and Morning Joe and Admiral Stavridis and all these liars in the Atlantic Council have led to the destruction of a nation and a people. Man, Bannon's fired up. He is. He's always fired up. I love, I love Steve. I love Steve Bannon. That was Steve Bannon on War Room. He is fired up about the money bill that's, that the Senate is trying to force through. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, and it sounds like he's, he's, he's in a way calling out everybody on accountability to this because it seems like they're kind of trying to chunk Steve Daines under the bus now. Well, Steve Daines is McConnell's puppet. Okay. And he is the one that is going around trying to get Sheehy in to yeah. the race in of Montana, Montana when, <clears throat> when we have backed Rosendale, who is a patriot. So, and then they're all trying to go in together and do this uh, Ukraine money bill, which is supposed to be Ukraine and, and Israel and other supposed to national yeah, the, security the foreign aid quotes. Package. Yeah. You know, but we do have a Senator J.D. Vance who came out and to give Republicans a warning. We're going to talk about that right along with this uh, Ukraine money bill. And then we're going to talk about the three judges that A.G. Paxton is endorsing and why. Yeah. And and not only that, we'll we'll even get into some of President Putin's responses to a lot of the a lot of the narratives and a lot of the talk that we've been hearing about why we're in Ukraine. Yes. And, and why he took the actions he did against Ukraine. A little bit of a history lesson for you. So, but, but before we get started today, we want to talk about what happened yesterday. Yeah. We had a tragedy here in Texas. Yeah, big news cutting in yesterday, man. We, yeah, right during the Super Bowl, actually. Yeah. Well, everybody was had their attention on the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't during. It was right before it. Was it right before the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it happened about I guess what? it was all about the time it, we yeah, were it happened about focusing on the TV. 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock yesterday is when we started hearing the news on it. Yeah. But Maybe uh, 2 but, o'clock, 3, closer to 4, we were watching that. Yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden it was breaking news. But here, here's what happened. 
A woman who opened fire at Joel Osteen's Lakeview Church was fatally shot by police. And this is the USA Today article that came out this morning. And this is what they say. They say, what we know. Texas police on Monday continued investigating a shooting at Joel Osteen's megachurch in which off-duty officers killed the assailant while gunfire left a five-year-old in critical condition and another person injured. Ooh, this tells the time right here. At approximately 1.53 p.m. local time, the unidentified woman wearing a trench coat and a backpack walked into Lakeview Church and opened fire, said Houston Police Chief Troy Finner at a news conference. She was accompanied by a young child. A pair of off-duty officers at the church fatally shot the woman, whose age was estimated between 30 to 35 years of age, Finner said. She was confirmed dead at the scene. During the incident, the five-year-old boy was shot and later rushed to Texas Children's Hospital by Houston Fire Department personnel. It's unclear who shot the child. A 57-year-old man was also struck by gunfire and later reported to be in critical condition. Authorities have not released a motive for the shooting or the names of the assailant and the injured victims. Here's what we know about the incident. The gunfire rang out just before a Spanish, it was a Spanish language service was set to start at the 16,000 seat venue, which formerly served as a sports arena. The, the compact center. Yep. yep. That's where it was at. Videos from inside the building showed a frenzy with many churchgoers running for the exits while others laid on the floor and took cover beneath their seats. I bet they were scared to death. I bet they were taking cover. I bet they were, man. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse, Finner said at a news conference on Sunday. Well, you know what? It's bad anyway. She, The woman claimed to have had a bomb. Authorities said the woman threatened that she had a bomb, but they couldn't find yeah, any uh, evidence of one whatsoever. Yeah, but yeah, she had a backpack, and there were no explosives in it. And like we were talking yesterday when when the news came on, and we were all sitting around here watching it, the point was brought up that she probably said bomb, hoping that when she said that, the police would not open fire on her and not shoot her dead. Yeah, that's it. Either that or everybody would run. Right. You know, because you, like, say, walk in and say, fire, and everybody runs. You know, but I don't know. that. That's, oof. Yeah. Well, it seems, it seems like a personal thing because she came in, I guess, targeted the 57-year-old man, and she didn't shoot him to kill him. She shot him in the leg. Yes. And I guess we're just speculating here, but, but, but you she know. she came in with this 5-year-old, too. And that's, yeah. And everybody's saying that she brought that five-year-old in to shield her from gunfire. I, yeah, I, you and know, it says it remains unclear what the relationship is between the woman and the and the child she brought with her. Right. I'm not even saying it's her child, you know, so they don't even know the relationship at this time. Officers uh, placed on administrative duty. Both off-duty officers have been placed on administrative duty pending the outcome of an internal investigation by the prospective agencies. What the heck? Really? They've been placed. They were off-duty officers. You know, that's kind of that's who, kind who of did shocking what, Who did me. what they had to do, and it, and it almost seems like, well, you know, they're, they're taking them on and putting them on administration leave to get them out of there, to get them away from the talk so that, yes, so that nothing that. else can spread, you know, falsehoods, anything like that. And, and it's to protect those officers, and I get that. God bless those guys for being brave enough to stand up and do what they probably they, saved a lot of lives. Yes, they probably did. They yeah. probably did. But who's to who's to say though? I mean, that's true. You know, who's to say if she would have continued to shoot other people? You know, or, or like I say, maybe it. Yeah. Well, it says that here at the time of the shooting, one officer 
38, with four years of service, worked as an agent for the Texas Alcohol and Beverage Commission. The other 28, with two years of service, worked for the Houston Police Department. Yeah, Joel Osteen goes on. He get, he finally gives, I guess, his statement about it. He just goes, we don't understand why this happened. You know, Osteen, is, he's one of the highest profile pastors in the country. He presides over the services of tens of thousands. Lakewood is a, a big mega church and... Yeah, he said the shooting has left him in a fog. Yeah. So we've been here 65 years, and, and to have somebody shooting in your church, we don't understand why this happened. We're going to pray for that five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased and her family and all, and the other gentleman. He said the church is going to stay strong. We're going to continue to move forward. The, there are forces of evil, but the forces for us, the forces of God, are stronger than that, Osteen said. So we need to just really be thankful that more were hurt. Right. And Osteen tried he Osteen tried to put out some positivity with that too by saying that, you know, he's thankful that more people were not hurt. He goes, if there's anything good of it, she didn't get in there and do a whole lot worse damage. And that's that's true. You know, like I said earlier, God bless those those two off duty officers that, that stood up brave enough to do what they knew needed to be done to protect everybody else in there. Yeah. It's really sad, though. You know, he talks about she didn't get in there and do a whole lot worse damage. But, you know, the damage is done. People What's your are word? afraid. They're afraid of this stuff happening every time there's a, a big group together. You know, that, that means less people go to church. Less people want to be around. Uh, other uh, groups of people. Groups of people that yeah, I big, get that. You yeah. know, so I, I think it does a whole lot more damage yeah. than you think. So we just need to say prayers and um, hopefully. For each and every person. One yeah. day this will just stop. People will just stop trying to kill each other. You know, I mean. I doubt that. They've been doing it since the beginning. I know. <laughs> we can always pray. That, and hope. That it, yeah. And hope that that would get better. Well, let's move along to something else. Let's do that, because that's kind of uh, sad. But the boy is in critical condition in the hospital still, so maybe he'll pull through. That yep. would be awesome. Yep, and him and his family need your prayers. Yes, they do. So moving on, though, um, I'm going to read this. Um, we've been talking about Ukraine, the money bill that the Senate is trying to force through. Well, I'm going to read um, some of J.D. Vance's thread here on X and his warning to conservatives, Republicans, about what is fixing to happen. Um, I, he said, uh, this was a couple hours ago, he wrote, I just sent the below memo to every one of my Republican colleagues in Congress. Buried in the bill's text is an impeachment time bomb for the next Trump presidency if he tries to stop funding the war in Ukraine. We must vote against this disastrous bill. Hey, look, even if you, even if the bill passes and there's an impeachment time bomb in there because President Trump cuts off the aid, well, if we can have another supposedly red way sweep the House, at least get one of these, the Senate or the House, we can continue to keep that impeachment time bomb thing from ever coming through. The next time, how about you spineless people that want to side with the Uniparty? How about you step up and vote the right way and do the right thing? Yeah, the thing about all this stuff is, and what drives me crazy is, once they make a law, they don't ever go back to change it. Right. And this is the fear that conservatives have, and they know that if we do sweep, which this bill is a bill against MAGA from winning anything. Yeah. That's what this is. This new U Ukraine bill 
tries yeah. to make it illegal for Trump to do what he is promising on the campaign trail. It is a plot against President Trump, plain and simple. Look, I'm going to read this here. This is a piece of what Senator what he, Vance had put in his memo. Here. What, he, what he means by that statement? What he means by that statement. It says, of course, they have an insurance plan, even if Trump pulls it off. Though few have noticed, buried in the bill's text is a kill switch for the next Trump presidency. The legislation explicitly requires funding for Ukraine well into the next presidential term. The Washington Post has already reported this provision was added, was added to control Donald Trump. And it gets worse. Back in 2019, Democrats articulated a novel theory of impeachment based on Trump's refusal to spend money from the USAI, the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. Five years after impeaching Trump for refusing to spend money on Ukraine, they have drafted a new law that again requires Trump to spend money on Ukraine. If he negotiates an end of the war, as he has promised to do, they will undoubtedly argue that he has broken the law. We are nearly a year away from an election that could get Trump the presidency, and Ukraine-obsessed Republicans have already given the Democrats a predicate to impeach him. Slava Ukraini, he says, America be damned. That is what they're doing. They're trying to make it illegal to stop the war in Ukraine. Why would they do that? Yeah, that's... Why would they do that, y'all? Now... Because they're laundering money through it. This is th not about a war. This is about funding. Elections. Elections. Continuing the machine of the military-industrial complex. This is about the money laundering crime that they've got going on. Everybody in the world has known for a long time that the most corrupt country on the face of this earth is Ukraine, and all we've done is launder our money through them back to the Democrat Party. I believe that's the only way they're being funded at this point. Yes. Or a big portion of it. Yep, that's exactly right. You know, and the thing is, what happened was, the story our leadership tells is that the politics of border security had changed because of Donald Trump. James Lankford dutifully, dutifully negotiated a bipartisan border product. Conservative Republicans encouraged this negotiation. When the product took shape, Donald Trump demanded conservatives walk. Trump argued that Joe Biden didn't need a border security package, which was true, so Republicans should ask simply that Joe Biden do his job. This intervention allegedly killed a great piece of border policy. This that, is a fairy tale. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. That's actually what they're saying to you. And that is what they're going to use on this election coming up. Donald Trump was against this great border policy bill, this, you know, that everybody wanted. The, the Republicans kept coming out and saying, we are not going to give Ukraine money until we have a, a border bill. And then they put up a border bill that no one would want. No one. Yeah. And even the Democrats didn't want this. But let me tell you what. They made it look like it was just the Republicans. And their narrative, which this week we will be talking about narratives. Yeah. And their narrative that the Republicans didn't want it. When actually nobody wants this border well, bill. Well, and, and, and the writer goes on to say that what you said there at the start of this, of this article that this is also a fairy tale that makes conservatives and Trump look bad, perhaps by design. 
It says that, in truth, the demands that conservative senators made at the beginning of the negotiations went like this. Joe Biden can fix this problem, but he refuses, so we must make him do his job. That's exactly what President Trump said. Yes. Do your job, Joe Biden. That's do right. Do what you're supposed to be there to do. And he goes on to say, the writer goes on to say, this posture came along specific demands from senators ranging from Ukraine aid supporters like Marco Rubio to Ukraine aid skeptics like me and those in the middle like Ron Johnson. We argued that we could condition further Ukraine aid on decreased illegal border crossings. In other words, Congress would appropriate money to Ukraine in stages. If Biden refused to drive down border crossings, he wouldn't get his money for Ukraine. Hey, man, that sounds a lot like what Joe Biden did to Ukraine when he told him to fire the prosecutor. Either you do what we want you to do or we withhold the money. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, in truth, this is what they're saying but mm-hmm. does this make it right, too? Just does it make it right either? No, it doesn't. The deal, Vance goes on to say, was apparently never on the table. Just what I just got through saying. Uh-huh. The deal, as envisioned by conservatives, was apparently never on the table. According to both Democrat colleagues and some Republicans, this is because Republican leadership, specifically Glitch McConnell, refused to push the Democrats on this issue. Other Republicans have argued instead that even if Mitch McConnell empowered Lankford to make this demands, Democrats would have never agreed. Exactly. This is what I. This was exactly what I said well ago. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wanted this bill. They put it out here for a narrative that conservatives did not want to work with the Democrats on a bipartisan bill. That is the only reason. They stuck this out here. Yep. And now, because it's all against conservatives, oh, conservatives didn't want this bill, so we're not going to allow them to do amendments on the Ukraine bill going on right now, you know, that they're trying to force through and to put amendments that the Democrats want in there all over the place and totally ignore the conservatives' amendments. So they're going to try to force this through, and it's going to be it's going to be Steve Daines. It's going to be even I think one of our senators, Cornyn. Yeah, John he's, Cornyn. He, he's all over voting on this and sending money to Ukraine. He is part of the firm. But really, did Trump oppose a deal? He certainly opposed the deal that was on the table. It would have done little to secure the border in the future would have been a massive political gift to the Democrats and would constrain Trump's border enforcement if he was ever elected president. This last point deserves extra emphasis. These bipartisan deals always seem to contain provisions that would put the next president, whoever that is, in a box. Exactly. So that shows you right there that the power struggles are not between presidents and his administration the power struggles are not between the president and his congress the powers are between one party against the other party they don't care who the president is so to me the best fix in all of this is to get these people out of these senate and house positions that will not work together that will try to stall and destroy everything that we've got good in this country i'm I'm tired of it man i'm sick and tired of it i am too i am so sick of it and i think our senators who 
are really struggling right now because they're up for re-election. And every one of them were in there telling them, we have an election to win, and we can't win nothing with this border. And we can't win anything with this Ukraine. No. <laughs> you know, that you are forcing through. So in essence, the Democrats are like, well, we're going to do whatever in the heck we want to do, and you're not going to win nothing. That's pretty that's, much what we've got. That's what they're saying to you. They don't care about you. They don't care what you say. All they want is you to be a part of their group. That's it. That's all they want. You know, they don't care about you. They hate you. They hate Americans. All they care about is laundering money to win elections. And that's this is all this is about. Power and control. Power and control. And that's how they do it is through the money laundering and, and through the stolen elections and, and through sneaking in stuff on, on bills like this right here. Yes. You know, I'm you know, and sneaking things in there and it's it's just really sickening that they do this. And you know, they said in here I as I was reading the article, I read where the senators sit right there and tell each other, Well, you know, the American people, they're so busy. They're, they don't know what's going to be in these bills. You know, they have no well, idea. They're really naive. We, you know, we could just do whatever we want. None of them speak for themselves. They speak for the voices of the lobbyists and the corporations. They don't speak for us. But why do they treat us like we're stupid? That Because is, they believe we are. They, they believe we are. I guess so. Yeah, they, they really do. That's, that's the whole point of the people against the elites. Yeah, you know they 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 really do. They look down their nose at us. They yeah. I'm I'm tired of other people trying to tell me what's best for me. Yeah, you know I know uh, J D Vance. He he actually said he had a conversation with Donald Trump about the border deal. It was a day that after the text came out, he says, "Well, I had opposed the bill's headline provision." He said, "Why do you guys want to give these people such a gift? It's stupid, you know." I mean, really, the bill was stupid. It, it's exactly what's going on right now. Right. And, and just like the, the, the writer of this article said, he goes, it was an accurate point. But it didn't change anyone's mind because most of us already agreed with President Trump. Yes. Yeah. And McConnell, he, I mean, he is ticked off. That's why he's doing it. He said we had a. Uh, J.D. Vance says, we had a Republican conference meeting on Monday. Well, before anyone had time to digest major provisions, McConnell left the meeting and praised the bill but criticized the changing political dynamics. He blamed Donald Trump. He blamed the House of Representatives. He blamed everybody but himself, didn't he? Exactly, which is what they do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but this just goes to show you what is happening and the dynamics that's going on in our Congress, yeah. in the Senate, and in the House. Because I guarantee you that the 12 that voted to move this forward, there would be just as many in the House that would do the same thing. Sure. That are on the side of the firm. Sure. And they don't care about the American people and what they want. That's exactly right. So make sure today, I believe they're going to have a vote on the bill by Wednesday. Today and tomorrow... Light up them phones. Yep. Contact your senators and tell them, hey, we see you. We see you. We see you. Yep. Tell them that. Tell them that you're not naive and you're not stupid about what's going on in Congress, that you are paying attention. Tell them. What do we always tell you? Be informed and, and become be, engaged. Yep. Hey, man, probably the only way that you can become engaged is pick up your phone, 
Look up the numbers to your state senator's offices. Look up the numbers to your state to your to your state's representative offices. Call them. Voice your dissatisfaction with them voting for this aid package. Voice your concerns. Get our concerns in their ears all the time. Call them out on these things. Let's see if we can get something changed. If that's the only way that you can become engaged, I'm all for it. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to step forward even farther than that. Get into positions of of civic leadership. Run for school board. Run for county commissioner. Run for the mayor of your town if you think that you can do a better job than what you're seeing going on right there. If you don't think you can do a better job and that candidate or that person in that position supports your values and your ideas, then get out and support that man right there. Do what you need to do. This is America. We have the freedom and the liberty and the privileges to call the shots here. Yes, exactly. And also uh, candidate forums. Make sure the candidates are out there wanting to talk to you. Go to them. Listen to them. Yep. You know, that's part of being being a part. If you can't, you know, do all the other, show up and ask questions. And and on a local level, we have a candidate forum today happening in, in Lufkin, Texas at, where, where is this at? It's going to be at the Civic Center. At 6 o'clock tonight. At 6 o'clock tonight here in Lufkin, Texas. And um, early voting for the March 5th Republican primary starts February 20th through March 1st, and uh, to make you the most informed voters, they have are having a second candidate forum. The candidates for a state representative seat are Trent, Trent Ashby versus Paulette Carson, and backed by popular demand, the candidates for Angelina County Commissioner, which are Precinct 1 and Precinct 3, and these are pretty important here in Angelina County. Yep. You've got incumbent Rod, Rodney Paulette running against Rod, Rocky Thigpen. And also, you got Gerald Williamson in Precinct 3. That was for Precinct 1. Rodney Paulette is. And in Precinct 3, you got Gerald Williamson running against Tom Berry. The moderators will question the candidates so you can decide which candidate earned your vote before heading to the polls. Special bonus will be honoring a World War II veteran that lives in our area. It says you can mingle and much with the candidates, ask your questions, assess them, and enjoy some snacks. So please, everyone, just show, just show up and just you know ask the questions. That are concerning you. Yep. You know, we need to have our voices heard. So, yeah, everybody, we encourage you to, if you're in this area, in Angelina County, Nacogdoches County, Polk County, Houston County, Trinity County, if you're around this area and, and in this district, show up tonight at 6 o'clock at Lufkin Civic Center. Like we said, become informed, become engaged. Yes, and we have gone long today. We spent a long time talking about the bill which we really do need to discuss, and we will discuss more. We didn't get to the Putin interviews and Kim Paxton judges. Yeah. So we will bring you them first thing tomorrow morning. You will be hearing all about it because we're talking. We're going to be doing this all week. Comparing candidates, Compa- different districts, the hot ticket items, so to speak, the races that are hot, the races that matter the most in these counties. We're going to be sitting back and comparing these yeah. candidates for you throughout the week. So. So be listening and tune in because we have a lot of information for this week. Is this thing working? Rise up. Well, hey, everybody, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you've learned some things about what's going on around us in the nation and in your communities. You know, we couldn't do this without your continued support either. We appreciate all of you showing up. 
taking the time to listen to us today. So please, like I say, make sure to hit the like button, share our show with all your friends. We'll see you next time on Is This Thing Working? And as always, I'm James, and that's my lovely co-host over there. Denise. And we'll see you next time. We're out.